Hello, and welcome to the Bizarre and Fascinating Details Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah, and I've got my co-host, Darcy, with me. How you doing, Darcy? Hey, what's up? I'm doing okay. It is a very nice day here in Birmingham. The weather's nice. I went out to a nice breakfast. I had a good nap. Yeah, it's a pretty good little weekend for me so far. Can't be mad about that. No. Getting a little nappy nap in. Love a weekend nap. So do I. Um, Let's jump right in, because we've got a lot of really bizarre, wild stuff to talk about today. What do you think? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. So we had an update on the Joseph Fritzl case, which we covered okay. off as Elizabeth Fritzl and J.C. Dugard together back on June. That was a very early episode. Yeah. June 2nd, 2019. That was episode number 16. So if you want to hear the full story of Joseph Fritzl and all the crazy stuff that he did, you can go check out that episode. Um, but he basically is now being moved to regular prison. Essentially, Joseph Fritzl, an Austrian man, held his daughter captive in his basement as a sex slave for 24 years. He fathered seven children with her and may be removed from the psychiatric detention center to a regular prison. So he's essentially in a mental hospital, right? So he and they're going to move him to a gen pop, basically. Yes, that's what it sounds like. Okay. He's 87 years old now, Gosh. and he's going to remain in a psychiatric prison while prosecutors evaluate the situation, according to the Associated Press. So okay. you didn't know he was still alive, did you? I actually did not. Yeah, yeah, he's you getting told me up this there. And I was like, what? Yeah. He's getting up there in age. But he was sentenced to life in prison for incest, rape, coercion, false imprisonment, enslavement, and negligent homicide after he killed one of the sons he fathered after the baby was born. I wonder what his sentence would have been like if he hadn't have killed the baby. I I still hope they would have given him life. Yeah. That's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, investigators said in two thousand nine that the incestuous killer burned his son's body in a furnace. The panel of Austrian judges made the decision Wednesday, and prosecutors appealed. Uh, Fritzl's daughter, Elizabeth, disappeared in 1984 at the age of 18. She was found in 2008 after 24 years of captivity and brutal abuse. Mm-hmm. Authorities did charge Fritzl that same year. Prosecutors said that at the time, Fritzl lured her into his windowless basement. He drugged her, locked her in a room while telling those who asked about her that she'd run away. He forced her into slave-like conditions, shut her away in a cellar, made her totally dependent on him, forcing her into sexual acts and treating her as if she was his own property, said the prosecutor's office. Prosecutors also alleged that Fritzl threatened to kill Elizabeth and gas her children to death if she made any move to kind of escape or get Jesus. away, so, so forth. If you want to hear more details about that case again, number 16, June 2nd, 2019, is when we did the episode on Joseph Fritzl. You could also hear the episode on J.C. Dugard, too, because it's uh, the same episode. Very interesting stuff. Um, Very compelling, interesting information, and and just amazing how this young woman stayed in that basement for 24 years and is now free and living a life out there. But this guy, I wonder if he will go into the general population, but clearly he's been in a mental hospital for many years, so... I wonder what they've done to make him rehabilitated enough to where he doesn't need to be in the mental hospital anymore. Right. 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 Yeah. Maybe. I mean, it's, it is Austria. So maybe they actually do have a rehabilitation system. unlike here in America. Yeah. So maybe, um, I just find it hard to believe you could teach an old dog new tricks. I mean, he's 87 years old. <laughs> is he really For gonna- sure. But he may just, it may just be like, and it may be like that he was continued to be, segregated for his own safety and maybe they don't think maybe. that's necessary anymore <laughs> like there's just i don't know there's a lot, i think there's a lot of reasons yeah possibly 
So we'll yeah. keep you guys posted on that case. Um, then I just wanted to reference the case that we talked about, the crime specialist. Um, that was our 21st episode, June 23rd, 2019. We talked about it in our last episode. If you want to hear more details on that, that was a super, super interesting episode that we talked to our, our friend from San Diego. Um, go check out that episode again. It's episode number 21. And then um, interesting other stuff we've got going on. You're going to love this one. An alleged smuggler with $40,000 worth of gold hidden under his wig and inside his rectum was arrested by customs officers. And we've talked about airport stuff before, right? I don't think we have ever talked about gold, though. No, we talked <laughs> yes. about some other stuff. We talked about smuggling meats, and we talked about, I think, bugs yes. in, in one oh, episode. Yeah. Um, but this guy, this is an interesting case. I mean, if you can see the pictures, and we'll post some of them in the Instagram. Yeah, what are the pictures? The, no, the pictures of him putting it underneath his wig oh, is okay. what the pictures are. Okay. And it's pretty interesting. I think he did it and, like, pounded it out into, like, a gold plate, like, for the one under his wig. And okay. they show the customs officers pulling the wig off and then pulling the gold. He was arrested in New Delhi in the airport there while he was trying to smuggle gold. He was carrying $39,000 worth of gold on him. Jeez. It was hidden in pouches beneath the wig and inside his rectum. Delhi Customs shared a video of officials cutting his wig to reveal a pouch of gold glued to his head. Whoa. He was arrested by customs officials at New Delhi's Indira Gandhi International Airport on Monday after he was caught trying to smuggle melted down gold worth around 3 million Indian rupees, which is about $39,000 here. Okay. The man, who has not been identified, concealed the gold in a pouch hidden beneath a wig he was wearing, according to the custom officials. He also had two capsule-shaped pouches of gold lodged inside his rectum, said the customs official. I mean, God, can you imagine being the one that had to pull those out? Or if they uh, made him no. pull it out? I, I, you know, it's a little bit more than I am <laughs> willing to That's, talk about. You know, like, I'm just not that interested in, in that particular part of the story. So the man <laughs> had an Indian passport, and he was traveling He was traveling to Abu Dhabi, the Times of India okay. said. He was apprehended after he disembarked from his flight, a customs official said. Further investigations are underway. Carrying gold on flights in itself is not illegal, but passengers have to declare the quantity they're importing or exporting right. and pay the necessary taxes. I wonder how they figured out this guy had gold. I mean, clearly they didn't catch him going into the, the flight in the airport, like through metal detectors or uh, anything else, right? I don't know. I mean, cause, so I don't know how, like, other airports work. So maybe it's like you have to go through security again through... I'm pretty sure they have metal detectors in every airport, though. Like, no, 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 I know. But I'm flight. saying, like, like, we see all the time, like, that people make it through security with... Random things. You know, weapons and all of this stuff. So, like, okay, let's say he makes it through, like, the first set the first set of security. Like, in the States, if you're traveling just within the States, like, you don't go through security multiple times wherever you lay over. But I'm wondering, like, if in an, an international airport and because he was trying to go to another country, if he had to go through multiple security I don't know. checkpoints. It's interesting. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, maybe that's Maybe how. it's just a little bit different in India than it is Sure, here. yeah. But interesting nonetheless. Well, and he, you said he was going to Abu, Abu yeah. Dhabi, so maybe it was in Abu like, Dhabi that they found it. The international trash transport, like um, customs, as he was being pulled yeah. off the airplane, and they were asking. 
thinking maybe he was yeah. acting suspiciously, which I, I'm sure he probably was if he's carrying that much gold on him. In his uh-huh. rectum, no less. Yeah. Um, interesting stuff, though, nonetheless. Uh, next article, Massachusetts family wins $5 million verdict from Country Club after property hit by over 600 golf balls. I saw this. <laughs> this was interesting because I just spent a month on a golf course. The house that we were staying in was on a golf course, and they were actually building a berm to protect the house on the houses on the dog leg for this mm. precise reason. But mm-hmm. in any case, a Massachusetts couple won a verdict worth nearly $5 million against a local country club after they suffered from years-long continuous threats of wayward golf balls struck by hackers. A Plymouth County Superior Court jury awarded Eric and Athena Tensar $4.93 million in December, finding that the Indian Pond Country Club was at fault for not protecting the couple's home from a constant barrage of bad golfing, court records show. And they actually show, a, like, a bucket of balls that they collected for a certain period of time. Oh, yeah, they had, like, that hit this house. actual, like, damage. Yeah. Yeah. The Tensars originally sued both Indian Pond and Spectrum Building, Inc., which built their new home in Kingston about 40 miles south of downtown Boston. They actually settled out of court with the builders, leaving Indian Pond Country Club as the sole defendant. The continuous threat of golf ball strikes occurring at any time prevents the Tenzars from use and enjoyment of their property, which was purchased for about $750,000 in 2017. The Tenzars' attorney, Robert Galvin, said he understands skepticism about his client's dismay over errant golf balls, knowing they were buying property that abuts the 15th hole. But the inconvenience of an occasional backyard golf ball pales in comparison to the 651 dimpled spheres that struck the property. There have been multiple broken windows, according to the lawsuit, and one particularly jarring shot in June of 2018 that struck a window in the home, shattering the glass and terrifying the plaintiff's young daughter and resulting in the Tensars contacting the Kingston Police Department to file a report. I thought they had Mm -hmm. shatterproof windows if you're... On a golf course. I mean, I that I don't know, but I know I definitely saw the pictures of the broken windows. So like, I know their home did it, but I don't know like if you live on a golf course. Typically, I don't know. They thought they were buying a golf course view property, and what they ended right. up with was a golf course in play property. Their attorney told NBC News, "If it was apparent to anyone that this house was going to be struck as repeatedly as it was, they would never have bought the property." Yeah. A lawyer from Indian Pond Country Club could not be immediately reached for comment. The judgment is being appealed with the defendant arguing $4.93 million is excessive. I do think that's a little bit excessive in light of the fact that the house was only $750,000 $750, when they purchased it. It's probably worth maybe double that now. I think $4.93 million is a little mm-hmm. bit over the top. Don't you? Well, I mean, yes, because of this what we're talking about it's it's i mean they have to take some responsibility upon themselves as well i think it needs to be a shared responsibility the home was at the bend of a severe leftward curve in the course so golfers seeking to cut the dog leg would regularly blast off the tee in hopes of clearing a tree line but ended up hitting the home instead now the couple and their three young children hope the problem could be solved as the tee box on the 15 has been moved back this de-incentivizes golfers from their attempted shortcut and instead encourages them to make more simple shots that follow the dog leg. Yeah, I don't think they can, the family can be blamed for the golfers 
wanting to like take a shortcut that's not no. through the roof. I mean, of they the have a, a like they have a house that's clearly on a tee, so they know they're going to get some errant golf balls. So I think that some of that response it should be a fifty-fifty responsibility in that particular instance, and they should only get about half I, that sum. If it were like balls just like in their yard, that I think that'd be one thing. But like it would scare the hell out of me if I'm just like sitting in my house watching tv reading a book and all of a sudden glass shatters i don't know what's happening i don't know it's a golf ball i don't know if somebody's trying to enter my house i mean that's that's to me where it becomes but they should get the value of the somebody house somebody else's i mean i don't think they should I, I they live on a golf course they got to know there that there's the potential that they could be hit by a golf car a golf ball and have their window shatter but i also think like this is probably not the first time they've complained about it, and the golf course, like the country club, continues to not do anything yeah. about it. You know, I mean, it sounds like so, they have done something about it. They've moved the tee, so I think they moved the tee now. I don't think that that. Was, I don't know that that was part of the golf uh, or part of the lawsuit, though. It the way you read it kind of sounded like it was to me, but either way, I don't know. But I mean, I think that's the right solution. I do agree. This is probably a little excessive. Like, yeah money wise but I mean but I, do I, don't see think, I don't think they could be resp- held responsible for the golfers trying to take like a shortcut yeah I mean you do see that there's some increasing sensitivity about cases like this um, for houses that do live on golf courses they are really being they're cracking down on golfers out on the courses especially at country clubs and telling mm-hmm. them that you know you're going to face severe penalties if you try to cut the dog leg mm-hmm. um, and, and like, a dog leg for those of you who don't know what that is is like a sharp turn on the golf course See, um, for the hole, from one hole from your tee box where you're hitting the ball to initially start off on that hole to the hole there's a sharp curve and that's called a dog leg okay and yeah, those so are tough holes to golf because you have to typically hit more strikes with the ball because mm-hmm. you can't it's impossible to make the golf ball turn on that dog leg and that's what the trouble happened from is because people mm-hmm. were trying to cut the dog leg and hit it all the way to the very end near the hole so they were just blasting those golf balls yeah I mean like I guess I would say in general I'm not like broke too broken hearted over us because no. this is a family that owns a house on a golf course right. so they're of some means in the first place so but I, I agree with the in, with the general sentiment of they should have won that lawsuit they should yeah. have been re- like compensated and I do think the golf course is at fault but I, yeah. I mean I'm not like I'm not losing sleep over it well regardless over of troubles. whether you buy a home on a golf course or not you're entitled to quiet 100 it's called quiet enjoyment of your property in most yeah. places um, which means that you know if there's excessive noise if there's excessive garbage like if you're near you know somebody who puts a bunch of cars out in their yard or there's a lot of crime and you didn't know about it you're entitled to the quiet enjoyment of your property or like the peaceful enjoyment of your property right. and this i think in this instance was the court ruled that they were not able to enjoy their property because of the golf yeah. ball so they were that's where the suit the um the winning amount came in but yeah it's interesting i do think that's a little bit excessive but i mean that's just me yeah maybe anyway um next article California residents find a family of five bears hibernating under their house after hearing <gasps> snoring noises all winter. <laughs> what? This is just, I love this. I love, love, love this. So, after hearing noises all winter, some California residents discovered a family of five bears hibernating under their house. The Bear League, a nonprofit organization that says on its website that its mission is to help people live in harmony with bears 
detailed the incident in a Facebook post last week. According to the post, residents of the home had been hearing odd, rumbling-like snoring noises throughout the winter. It's not clear from the league's post whether the residents of the home were a family, but when the bears woke up, the human occupants of the home could no longer deny that there was probably a bear under the house. The Bear League was brought in to uninvite the mother bear, only to be surprised by four cubs also living under the house. Oh, The group gosh. said on Facebook that the mother bear had three cubs last year before adopting an orphaned cub nine months later. I didn't even know oh. bears did that. I didn't either. <clears throat> when it came time to hibernate for the winter, the bear family entered an unsecured crawl space opening and settled in. The organization also noted that neighbors of the home said the occupants were imagining the noises because they didn't hear anything. <sighs> Bear League's executive director, Ann Bryant, told HuffPost's Hillary Hansen that the process of getting the bears to vacate the area entailed being territorial and scary, thereby making the bear believe mm-hmm. it's not going to be safe there anymore. But sometimes we do hurt their feelings, said Bryant and the volunteers, because they never harm bears physically, Aww. but... Sometimes they hurt their feelings, they said. Isn't that funny? Right. After the bears left the house, the league watched as the family regrouped on the other side of a fence and went on their way. Bryant told HuffPost that an, an electrical barrier was installed in the crawl space to give a small shock to any bears trying to enter the space now. They also told the outlet that the organization, the Bear League, is kept very busy by bears living under crawl spaces and often removes several bears a day. She said, they, she said they get 100 to 150 bears attempting to hibernate under homes in Lake Tahoe every winter. But the problem can be easily solved. People really need to make sure their crawl space openings are closed and secured before bears can go inside, especially in the fall when bears are looking for hibernation dens. That's crazy. Could you imagine? Like, I bet it would, it like shook the house. A mama bear snoring all winter? But, you know, if you had living space on the bottom floor and your mm-hmm. bedroom were it probably wouldn't be that bad but freaking five bears on like, your house just seems I cannot wild. imagine like that's it's a really cute story because the bear league is like very mindful about making sure like the bears are safe and all of this and like <laughs> they hurt their hurt, feelings but like <laughs> cannot imagine getting a mama bear out and like seeing four cubs like yeah that, that would terrify wild. me I'd be like I don't I don't I'm gonna move I don't f with these mama bears like Mm-mm. Yeah, they can it's be adorable, pretty brutal. But like, that's not something scary. you want to mess with. Um, no. Because bears can be very, very dangerous. I've heard that we have bears in, in Illinois, in the area where our house is, but I have never oh, yeah? seen anything. Probably like black bears. We have black bears in Alabama. Interesting. And they're like, I mean, they're, they're of the different types of bears, they're not super human aggressive. Yeah. So. I mean, for the most part, they don't want to bother you if you don't want to no. bother them. Um, no. But you also don't want to be, like, just randomly doing something at your house and run into one of them accidentally because no. they will act defensively. Yeah. And that could be quite terrifying. Um, oh I'm going to end my little portion of the show here with a fascinating article that I okay. just I could not, when I, when I saw it, I was just like, you've got to be kidding me. Japanese man marries a virtual character, and he's now on a mission to educate others about what, what are called fictosexuals. Have you heard of this? I have never heard of this. So, Tokyo resident Akihito Kondo made global headlines in November 2018 when he tied the knot at the age of 35 with Hatsune Miku, a virtual pop star developed by Krypton Future Media based on the 
singing synthesizer software Vocaloid. Miku, who takes on the appearance of a 16-year-old girl, has appeared in video games, virtual concerts, and even a tour with Lady Gaga. Kondo discovered Miku in 2008. At the time, he was told to take a leave from work after being diagnosed with adjustment disorder. His co-workers reportedly bullied him, and two of his colleagues mm. called him gross and avoided him. Mm. Surprise, surprise, right? He said he stayed in his room for 24 hours a day and watched videos of Miku the whole time. Wow. According to Kondo, Miku's songs helped him fall asleep, and her music eventually motivated him to go out again and return to work. Okay. A decade later, Kondo spent about 2 million yen, which is approximately $15,656 for a wedding ceremony in Tokyo because he wanted to solidify his love for the virtual celebrity. Okay. Over the years, Kondo has posted on social media about the various romantic and social activities he and his wife have engaged in. While he acknowledged that many people view his relationship with a fictional character as unusual and unhealthy, he also said that his feelings for Miku have not changed. Takano shared that prior to his marriage with Miku, he had long decided that he was not interested in being with a human partner. He explained that Miku would never betray him like a human partner potentially could. He also noted that she would never get sick or die. In Japan, there has been a rise in, quote, fictosexuals. These people choose to marry cartoon characters to express their love for their favorite manga or anime. Kondo identifies as a fictosexual and says he shares details about his relationship with the public so that other people can become more accepting of similar relationships. It's about respecting other people's lifestyles, he explained. After receiving several invitations to give lectures about Miku and their relationship at universities and other venues, Kondo decided to continue his studies. Last year, he enrolled in the Faculty of Law at Komazawa University and became more informed about freedom of expression as well as sexual and violent depictions involving manga and characters. Huh. Yeah. Okay. Weird. As <laughs> I mean, I'm trying not to judge this guy, but like he picks a 16 year old cartoon character to marry. That is weird. Um, it. If he's not hurting anybody, it is what it is. But, like, when you said, like, his quote, when we're together, like, are they are they ever not together? She's a cartoon. Like, isn't she just kind of always in his imagination? I don't know how yeah. that would work, I guess. I mean, it kind of reminds me a little bit about the people that have relationships with dolls. But the doll is, like, a physical right. thing. You could hold the doll. Yeah. You could touch the doll. And even make the doll touch you. But this is a cartoon character. I just don't understand. You know? That to me says you have a mental health issue. A serious mental health that issue. That is just... It's not for me. Um, and like I said, he's not hurting anybody. So... Carry, play through, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> you know? Let it yeah. happen the way it's going to happen. So you have no issue with this. I mean, I... Do I take issue with the idea in uh, in general? No, it's weird. Um, I don't know how I would. I just don't get about what the what the benefit is to marry. I don't them. know. It's not as though there's a, some sort of a tax implication, or he can give it something in his will. I mean, there, there's no legal. I, I, I mean, maybe it's not like benefit. Maybe it's just to like it. I want to stand up in front of people and declare my love for you know, like you know what I mean, like. 
I don't know. Like character. I, I don't know. I can't explain it. I think it'd be a little weird if somebody in my life did this, and I would need to. I would need to them, them to explain it to me. But again, not hurting anybody. So play through. <laughs> <laughs> okay. If anybody out there has any difference of opinion on these, or knows somebody who's done this, or has information about the potential legal benefits of marrying a cartoon character, shoot us an email. We're at the BFD podcast at gmail.com. And now let's jump into what do you, Darcy, I think you got some updates too or something. I do. Yeah. So I have not seen this yet. So let me preface with that, but there is now an HBO series on the staircase and this show or this documentary is everywhere. We've talked about it. I did a deep dive into blunt force trauma of the head and whether or not I think he did it. Um, so that's episode 90, right? And it was August yeah. 3rd, 2020, where we talked about Kathleen and Michael Peterson. So if you yeah. want our details on that and Darcy's significant analysis into like blunt force trauma injuries to the head and so forth, go check that episode out and hear some of the details. But And I do get into the owl theory a little bit. Oh. So I'm not going to tell you guys how, how I concluded. Um that one and what my conclusions were but i will say the owl theory is not at the bottom of the list if i were to list my in order of most yeah. likely to least likely <laughs> and that's so, i think part of the most interesting yeah right so it's just wild. don't know what they're don't know what they're going to do with um with the staircase as far as all of that but it is starring colin firth and tony colin Collette. Firth. Um, yeah, wow. he's playing Michael Peterson. Tony Collette is playing Kathleen Peterson. Wow. And I believe this is kind of going to be done like in the sense of it's going to be in flashbacks where you see more of Kathleen's life and like their life together before she dies and this that, and the other. So it's kind of what was the one that came out where they covered like the, the Nicole Simpson, Nicole Brown Simpson case. And it, what was that the people one versus where, OJ? Yeah. And they did the whole big production with famous so actors and that was phenomenal, but that is not, not I don't, what this, this is, like. is not like that. It's not that same group of people that are doing that because that is done by the same people that do the American Horror Story. Right, but I thought it was like kind of going to be a similar type of a thing where they have it famous might actors. Be, I, so, so I haven't watched it. So I I will watch it between now and the next time we record. I will have at least watched an episode um, so I can tell like kind of the flow of it, what it's going to be like. But my guess is because there, you do see a lot of uh, Tony Collette in the show or in like the stills from it. So I think that it will be a lot of like flashbacks of her life before they died and wow. um, maybe trying to get a little bit more backstory into um, their relationship because that is a big part of the trial. Tony Collette has range. Did you yeah, watch dude. that show the, the, with the United States of Terra? No, I did not. Oh my God. That is, uh, she plays a schizophrenic and it's oh. just the, one of the most fascinating series I've ever seen. And She's amazing. She's an amazing actress. Yeah, she is. So, and Colin Firth is, is phenomenal. Oh, I love him too. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So I'm going to check that when, out. Is that out now? On it's on H HBO. Yes. Oh, okay. And I don't know if it's like all fully released or if it's going to be like one release at a time, but, um, I will, next time we record, I will have watched at least one episode. That is my homework okay. I'm giving myself. So I can, awesome. I can tell you guys all about it and do go check out that episode. That's one of the first ones where I really bring in my research and, um, all the cool parts about my job and this, that, and everything else um, about the biomechanics of blunt yeah, force trauma. That so. was a fun one for yeah. sure. And then we got a main case for the day, right? Man, oh man. So, 
do we ever. So this case is coming at you straight from Alabama. My dear old. And immediately when this came out, Darcy texted me, was like, we have to talk about this now. (laughs) Honestly figured it would be resolved by now. Like, I'm surprised it's not. That's wild. This is the story of Casey White and Vicki White, the escaped inmate and the corrections officer who helped them escape. Were they married? They are not married. They are not related. They just just have the same last name, White. Yep. Wow. That's wild. So, on the morning of April 29th, two transport vans with A week and a half ago, right? I mean, this is coming hot off the presses. At this point, yeah. Um, Two transport vans with inmates and deputies left the Lauderdale County Jail in downtown Florence. So, this is um, the northwest corner of Alabama. Uh Uh-huh. And so, they left for what was to be the last day of Vicki White's 17 years of exemplary service. She was a corrections officer supervisor. No. At the Lauderdale County Jail. She was not part of this transport, okay? Minutes after those vans left, Vicki instructed another officer to prepare inmate Casey White for transport, explaining that there was nobody else available to take him. Okay, so like, huh. oops, he missed the van. We got to go to the courthouse. Please prep him for transport, the shackles, this, that, and the other. Right. I'm going to take him. Here's the thing about Casey White. He's 38. He is six foot nine. She is three hundred thirty pounds. And how old is the other? Vicky? She's um, I believe she's in her fifties. So I think she's like twenty years older than him, right? Uh, Approximately fifteen to twenty years older. Yes. Wow. Um, he is currently serving a sentence, a seventy-five year sentence in Bessemer, which is not far from Birmingham, for a multi-state crime spree. So that was in two thousand fifteen. But not murder. Well, he, so let's talk about his first, his first crime, why he's serving the 75 year, um, uh, sentence. And this is the one that you texted me because you got a, like a, yes. a Amber Alert or something like that on it. So like, this is literally as, like, soon as we hit stop on recording last time, my phone went off and I got a blue alert, which is the same, like it makes that, if your phone makes that crazy sound noise. It's a blue alert. Like, at the same time as, it, as an Amber Alert, they issue a blue alert when they think a police officer is in danger. Oh, wow. So at this time, the, all they knew was that Vicki White and Casey White are not accounted for. So and they don't know the everyone thought that he had taken her hostage and pulled her out. They just, right. they, they just that was the didn't initial know where assumption. they were. Was that he like, had, they, yeah, because, they, they thought that maybe she just was a hostage. So his crime from 2015, while he was serving the 75-year sentence, he staged in one night a home invasion, two carjackings, and multiple shootings in North Alabama and South Tennessee that left a dog dead and a woman injured. Okay, so no murder, just maybe attempted murder. Correct. And because he crossed state lines, it carried oh, wow. a bigger sentence. So he was found guilty in 2019 on a total of nine charges, including trying to kill his ex-girlfriend and kidnapping her two what roommates. The? Other charges in that case involved first-degree robbery, first-degree burglary, third-degree burglary, breaking and entering a vehicle, animal cruelty for shooting a dog, and attempting to elude police. So this guy's a menace, basically. Okay. Well, so that's why he's got 75 years, and he's serving 75 years in Bessemer. He was in the Lauderdale County Jail... Because in 2020, he sent a letter from the prison to an investigator at the Lauderdale County Sheriff's Office confessing to a 2015 murder for hire. Uh. So in 2015, a woman named Connie 
Jane um, Ridgeway was found dead in her apartment in, uh, in Lauderdale County. She uh, was found after a neighbor requested a welfare check. She was found slain in her home. During an interview at the prison, he confessed to the crime and his statements match evidence at the scene that was not released. The arrest came after the case was presented to a grand jury. The sheriff does not know why he decided to come forward and talk to investigators, but they have said that, that his confession matches their evidence and that the confession is not the only reason that he is charged with the murder. They have just since been able to use that to match up. He was then, he was transferred from the prison to the jail for this capital murder for hire case. He has not said who hired him. He indicated in his confession that somebody hired him to murder um, this woman, and um, but he's not said who, and they have not made any additional arrests in that case. Okay? Huh. So that's, that's Casey White's story. Vicki, the corrections officer, is 56 years old. Um, she was a, she's a divorcee. She's now a widow. Her husband died in 2021. And she said that she was going to take him to a mental evaluation at the jail, which is like a half mile, or at the courthouse, which is a half mile away from the jail, and that she wasn't feeling too well herself, and so she was going to take him to this evaluation, and then she was going to go to the doctor. She did not go to the doctor, and there was no mental health evaluation at the jail. Okay? Mm. So... Surprise, surprise. They see, they can see on surveillance, she drives her sheriff's cruiser to the door of a jail and he, and gets out of her vehicle. And Casey is shackled with handcuffs and he's leg shackled. She walks him to the car, opens the door and shuts it after he's in the back seat. And they take off. Eight minutes later, they are shown at a like mall parking lot, getting out of her cruiser. He is in the front seat. He's a passenger in the car now. And they get into another car. So it's because of the timing, they know that she did not attempt to go to the courthouse. She didn't even, that was never even an option. They just got in the car and went straight to the small parking lot. So they've got CCTV footage. Yes. Conclusive evidence that she was not, she did not look in distress. Correct. And they then get into a car, a 2007, like, copper-ish Ford Edge. She had just bought this car. She Mm -hmm. had also recently sold her house... It was appraised at like $204,000. She sold it for ninety-five. What? And she pulled out $90,000 in cash in the days leading up to this event. Huh. So she bought a burner car. She's got $90,000 in cash. And she's on the run with a six-foot-nine, 330-pound man who is possibly a hitman and definitely has tried to kill at least one person and has killed one, per- one additional person. So, are they going to Mexico? Like, what are they going to do? So, they, they don't know. So, it when they started looking back into, because they had no idea that there was any kind of communication between these two people at all. Until they, this. They, okay. yep, and as they start their investigation, inmates are coming forward saying that they had a special kind oh, of boy. relationship. They don't know if there was any kind of actual physical relationship, but she was doing favors for him. Like, jail favors. Like, she was getting him extra food and, like, giving him more time. You know, like the shower, you know, things like that. Like she was just treating him special and different from all the other inmates. So that Uh, has since come forward. So now they are now saying that they do believe that she helped him escape. They, yes. So they put out a, this blue alert and they say, and then it becomes public that they say, hey, they're in this Ford Edge. And that actually was a leak. They were actually, they wanted to keep that information private. 
it, they sent that information to um, local police um, jurisdictions, and one of them posted that on Facebook. So that information is public. Hmm. And guess what that means? What? They've ditched the Ford, Ford Edge. They found the Ford Edge uh, yesterday, or two days ago, in a parking lot in Tennessee. It had already been towed, meaning the Ford Edge had been there. The Ford Edge had been towed before officials even knew that Vicky and Casey were gone. So now we have no idea what car they're in there. They have $90,000. They have, she had also recently bought an AR-15 and a Jesus. couple shotguns. And they are obviously considered armed and dangerous. And they do not know where they're going. They've interviewed... So this could end up being like a Bonnie and Clyde kind of a thing. So he... So he they've interviewed her, her mother-in-law. Um, or her mother. They interviewed her mother and she said, you know, she never said anything to me about this. She was staying with me after she sold her house. She always said when she wanted to retire, because she put in her paperwork to retire... That she want, when she wanted to retire, she wanted to go to Florida for like three or four months. Um, so that's obviously the first place that people check. They they checked, you know, but they haven't found them in Florida, and they found the car in Tennessee, indicating they're going north. There's no indication. Nobody knew anything. Nobody in her family knew anything about her relationship with this inmate. They did not know anything about why she would do this. They did not expect her to do this. It's completely outside of her behavior. And now there is a the U.S. Marshals are looking for them. There are there's a five thousand dollar reward for information leading to Vicky's arrest, and a ten thousand dollar reward leading to Casey's arrest. Um, and doesn't I seem like very much. It does not seem like very much, and especially with considering how dangerous this man is, I think they're. I think they probably should have started out with offering more money because so, they know somebody knows where they are. And so what you're going to need is you're going to need somebody that knows where they are to turn them in. And with what he's charged with and accused of, um, if I'm, like, in that environment where I work with criminals and I'm hanging out with criminals and people like that, $10,000 isn't enough for me to turn that turn them in. You know what no. I mean? No. Yeah. Um, he has also said that if he ever got out of prison, he would kill his ex-girlfriend and that he wanted to die by suicide by cop. And that was in a note that he had written. And he had already planned an escape back in 2020 that they had already that, and, uh, planned to take um, uh, a jail employee hostage. Um, and that plan was obviously discovered and prevented. And then um, they say the relationship between Vicky and Casey goes back at least two years. Her husband died last year, 2021. Um, but he had advanced stage Parkinson's, and their relationship with her relationship with Casey goes back at least two years. So there's nothing suspicious about the husband's death. I believe he had long-term diagnosis of Parkinson's disease. Uh huh. But they are now looking into the 2008 death of Casey's girlfriend, hmm. who died by that was ruled a suicide, and she died by a shotgun blast to the chest. Oh Jesus! How women don't shoot themselves in the chest? I'm sorry, that's not a I, thing. It, it's also not a thing to shoot yourself with a shotgun, but yeah. like that's a long barrel gun like that. But so they're re, they're looking into that again now and, and seeing if that's a murder and yeah. So this that's is wild. a dangerous, dangerous guy. So yeah, the U.S. Marshals looking into him are looking for them. They they did release um, a quote unquote rendering of what Vicky would look like if she dyed her hair brown. It's literally just like. She's not a very attractive person. Well, it's just it's, it's like it's, a, it's just a really bad Photoshop. Like they literally yeah. just like 
when you're like try on this different hairstyle on the internet like they did that and I know but like I've seen pictures of her multiple pictures of her and she's just not she's not cute (laughs) I mean he's not either you know he's not he's he's no winner they're rough yeah so we don't know where they are it could get very dangerous it does not it they're probably not in Alabama anymore though I mean I think they conclusively say that right I hope they're not in Alabama because I am in Alabama, but I also hope that they find them because I just, with his statements and his behavior and everything like this, it doesn't sound like he is going to be arrested again. He's going down in flames. He's, it's going to be a Bonnie and Clyde. They're very worried because regardless of that, whether or not she helped him out, which it clearly seems that she did, they are very worried that he could turn on her and kill her in order for, because, you know, it's always easier to escape being one person than it is trying to do it with two people because somebody's holding you back mm-hmm. you know so eventually it gets to the point where their relationship isn't worth it anymore and he's going to they think he's going to kill her or harm her in some way so it's this is a big news story and i'm really i'm genuinely surprised i thought that they would have caught by them now. by now absolutely um, like where are they gonna go ninety thousand yeah. dollars really isn't that much it's not that much unless you can get south into central america Hmm. i mean but even then I, I don't know I guess maybe they're heading to Mexico maybe that's their plan I, I mean I don't so he also uh in a, in a surprise move to nobody Casey White also has a lot of racist prison tattoos yeah indicating he is a member of which I, I have never Aryan heard of this group the Alabama group Southern Brotherhood so I think it's probably that's like an bad. Alabama offshoot of the Aryan Brotherhood I don't know I'd never oh, heard of it but he has like a really remedial looking Confederate flag tattoo. It looks like some oh, like, God. and it, it, it looks like a second grader wrote cursive like Southern Pride on his. But anyway, Ugh. Southern Brotherhood, whatever, whatever, whatever. So I don't know if Mexico's gonna be the landing spot for them under those situations. But this isn't this. This case sounds very very familiar. There was another case that came out on uh, Criminal that talked about a woman. She was a dog trainer, and she actually helped a guy escape and went on the run with him. Oh. She wasn't a prison guard. She was a dog trainer that went into prisons to work with prisoners working with dogs. Interesting. And she helped him escape in one of the dog carriers and ended up going on the run with him for quite a bit of time. And then they gave themselves up. And she actually spent time in prison right. after that for assisting well, with the escape. Well, because there was also that, um, that cor- uh, she, she worked in the um, like sewing room. It is that that oh, yeah. in, in New York, like the the this escape of Dana Mora. Two guys escaped, right? Yes, and she helped two men escape. She served prison time, or she's still in prison, I believe. Um, and one of them died in a shootout with the police, I think, and the other one was rearrested. If I'm remembering, we correctly. talked about that case, didn't we? I'm not sure if we talked about it or not, but there was a Showtime show, Escape at Dana Mora, that was phenomenal. I think um, we at least talked about the article about the escape. Patricia Arquette re- played the 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 prison employee i remember that um, very clearly yeah but so it, it kind of reminds me of that too like it's just i just don't know and there's not a lot of i mean it doesn't there's not a lot of information about how it is that they planned this how they got close it doesn't seem like they really planned anything other than sh- her saying hey i had taken to a mental evaluation at the at the courthouse and nobody checked up on that but they also had been a rule because of his prior escape plan there had been a rule that all inmates had to be accompanied by two deputies at all times. Hmm. So in doing this, where she was going to take him to the mental health evaluation at the courthouse, she was already in violation of the rule, and nobody said anything about that. Maybe um, they just didn't know. 
Well, I, no, they knew. They just didn't. They just trusted her because she was a supervisor. She had an exemplary record. There was no indication of anything. And so if you're somebody, if you're like a low-level corrections officer at the jail and somebody's like, and your supervisor's like, hey, she I'm is. taking this guy, are you going to say, hey, that's against the rules? Or no. are you going to be like, no, my supervisor probably, I'm not going to talk back to my supervisor. You know what I mean? Yeah. So she was already in violation of the rule for that too. So I don't know. And those two guys don't make tons of money. They're not going to stick no. their neck out for anyone. No, 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 no. They do not. They're not paid well enough to go to the mattresses for any reason. Yeah. Um, so the U.S. Marshals are looking for them. We will post all of the pictures, including the rendering of Vicky with dark hair. Oh my god! Um, if you have any information, you can call the U.S. Marshals. Communication Center at 1-800-336-0102. You might get ten dollars to $15,000 out of that. You could also use the U.S. Marshals Tip app, which I did not know they had an app. But, yeah, so, I mean... Or just call 911. (laughs) Oh, obviously, 911 is also an option. (laughs) But um, specifically, they are being looked for by the U.S. Marshals. And the U.S. Marshals has a record of finding their people. But it could go down pretty bad. Um, But anyway, so, yeah, that was the main... case we want to talk about this week because i thought that would be i thought it would they would have caught him by now yeah i mean i hope that they find him without violence i hope that it doesn't end up causing unnecessary bloodshed what what else in 2017 while casey white was in prison his half brother stephen patrick white disappeared and remains missing oh great yet another thing (laughs) so that's yeah Bad yeah. news bears from start yeah. to finish. Yeah. So don't know, don't know if that's connected. Don't know if that's completely unrelated. We have no information other than he disappeared and remains missing. And and he has no problem doing violent, angry, evil things to anyone no. and everyone. Yes, goes without Animals, saying. Animals, people. If you are one of our listeners who happens to come across these two, do not go approach them. Right. Like, be like, just, okay, let's have a combo. Yeah, no, 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 no. Just call call 911 or call that U.S. Marshals line. Don't if, be a hero. Yeah, <laughs> if, you, if you happen to see them. I mean, I think it's highly unlikely that one of our listeners would see them, but yeah, stay Fingers safe. crossed that yeah. they don't see them because yeah. I don't want anybody getting hurt. Right. But, um, I don't know. I mean, down to Mexico. I, mean, I don't know. Like, uh, my, my thought genuinely is that they... Or either they either continued on north or that they ditched the car to in Tennessee to fool people and go south and they're caught they caught a boat at the Gulf somewhere and they're trying to go down to Mexico that way. Huh. But I don't know. I have no inf- I mean, that's just a complete guess. I'm just I'm just guessing because she has ninety thousand dollars and that that goes further in Central America than it does in Canada. Yeah. So. No, I don't see her going to Canada. Canada, they're yeah. Yeah. They're pretty legit about their borders up there. They are. <laughs> they are. Yeah, especially since COVID. Now mm-hmm. they're like, uh-uh. <laughs> and I mean, they could still be in the States. Like, who knows? I mean, the United States is huge. They could be in the middle of nowhere. They could be like They West could be Texas. in the swamps of Florida. We all know how that played out for Brian Landry. Yeah. Just yeah. hanging out. Oh, that's the, uh, there's an update in that case. The parents are being sued, but yep. the, the daughter's the woman who was killed mm-hmm. is suing Gabby's. Brian Landry's parents. Yes. Um, because they are saying that they knew if he killed her and they went and on vacation as a family together and acted yes. like nothing happened and they knew where the body was and they didn't report it. Yes. And by all so, indications, I do think that that is accurate. 
that lawsuit is currently playing its way through the court. The mm-hmm. Gabby Petito episode. We talked about that, too. We, we basically we were like, hey, this is probably going to end up in a lawsuit. Yeah. And it did. They're now suing the family. It seemed pretty clear that, well, and I don't, I think what was clear to me was that his parents knew where he was. Um, the, the new information out of this lawsuit was that her family is saying his parents knew where she was. And that may be true, it may not be true, I don't know. But I do think that they knew where he was during this whole time that he was supposedly quote-unquote missing between the time that he went missing and when they found his remains. I think they knew where he was. Yeah, we talked about Gabby Petito on episode 151. That was October 30th, 2021. What are they hoping to get from that lawsuit is what I'm wondering. Because it doesn't sound like Brian Landry's family was wealthy. No, and and what I've seen is they're only asking for $30,000. So I think what they're just trying to do is to hold somebody responsible for Gabby's death is kind of what it sounds like to me. Like there's, or either, or hold somebody responsible after the fact. They shouldn't have kept that stuff secret, but I don't think that it would have saved that girl. They, he knew where, they knew where the body was. No one was going to be saved. But they maybe could have, but they maybe could have arrested him. Yeah, but what, he was determined to kill himself. He's going to kill himself whether he's in prison or out, you know? I don't. I mean, I don't, I don't know that you can say that for sure. Like, you know what I mean? Like, if they had gotten to him in time, I don't know. He might not have killed himself. So I think that's probably what it's about, that they deliberately hid information knowing where he was in order to prevent, like, to um, obstruct justice. Yeah. I think that's, that would be my guess. But, I mean, I don't know. I haven't, I don't know. Yeah. Another crazy, crazy case and very, very sad all the way around. Um, We'll keep you guys posted. We'll post some pictures on this stuff. We'll post updates. Every article, every source that we've used for the show today, we will put into the show notes so you can tell where we got our information from. Um, Please rate, review, and subscribe. It's really important to us as as well. That helps us tremendously in our ratings and making sure that our episodes pop up for people that want to hear about the content that we're providing. And what are we on social media, Darcy? Yeah, we are on Instagram at the BFD Podcast. So, like I said, we'll post all kinds of pics from Vicky and Casey and everything else we got going on this week. Yeah, and please join us again next week when we talk more about weird, wacky, and wild content. Good night, podcast peeps. Stay safe, keep it real, and always live your very best life. Bye. Bye, guys.